Welcome to our Meditation Service podcast. Each week we will have a different presentation, including different sutra chanting, different speakers, and different Dharma messages. Through this Meditation Service program, we will have both seated and standing meditation, sutra chanting, and a Dharma message. We hope that this Meditation Service podcast will enable the listener to experience meditation, to experience sutra chanting, and to listen to a Dharma message. In our Shin Buddhist tradition, we regard meditation as not a practice or as a means to try to attain enlightenment, but we are simply sitting to calm ourselves so that we might better receive the Dharma, hear the Dharma. Our everyday life is so hectic and fast-paced and busy, we need a little bit of quiet time, tranquility. We find it hard to focus on listening to a message, and so by sitting first, we're able to settle ourselves, calm ourselves, and open our hearts and minds to receive the teachings. Once we learn how to receive the teachings in a meditation service, we find that we're able to receive the teachings even in our everyday life. We encounter teachers anywhere. It could be a driver. It could be a bartender. It could be your pet cat or dog that gives you a teaching relevant to your life. Thank you. We will begin with sitting meditation. Find yourself a comfortable place to sit, either in a chair or on the floor. On the floor, you may prefer to sit on a cushion with your legs crossed or folded beneath you. On a chair, sit without leaning back with your feet planted evenly and comfortably on the floor. Sit comfortably erect with shoulders back and your spine straight. Rock back and forth and then side to side to find your center. Your head should also be straight with your eyelids lowered but not closed. Focus on a point a few feet in front of you. Your face should be relaxed as you breathe quietly. Hands can be placed in several positions. In the classic mode, rest your left hand in your right hand with thumbs touching and comfortably laid against your abdomen. Or you can touch thumbs and forefingers together and rest them on your thighs with palms up. Another option may be to fold your hands on top of each other on your lap. The key is to find a position that is comfortable and that can be maintained in stillness during the meditation session. While sitting, try focusing on your breath, counting them to 10. Breathe in, one. Breathe out, two. Breathe in, three and so forth. You may find distractions such as the sounds around you or your own thoughts. If that happens, observe them, acknowledge them, and then let them go. Begin counting your breaths again from one. We will begin and end each session at the sound of a bell. At the end of this first session, you will be asked to place your hands together in gasho and bow. 
Gasho means putting your hands together and bowing in an expression of gratitude. You may choose to intone the words Namo Amidabutsu as you gasho. We will begin our first seated meditation session at the sound of the bell.
Please put your hands together in gasho and bow. Namo Amida Butz, Namo Amida Butz, Namo Amida Butz, Namo Amida Butz, Namo Amida Butz. Take a moment to stretch your legs, and we will have standing meditation. The feet should be about shoulder width apart, with the knees bent slightly. Upper body position is the same. Back straight and centered, shoulders relaxed, eyes half open. Standing in this way is a reminder that we can extend this way of being to our life when we're not engaged in meditation per se. We might be having to wait for someone to arrive or wishing some person would help us. They don't seem to be interested in our problem. Instead of becoming upset and agitated, we can have a moment of standing meditation.
Please put your hands together in Gasho. Bow. Namo Amidabutsu. Namo Amidabutsu. Namo Amidabutsu. Naman Dabutsu. Naman Dabutsu. Naman Dabutsu. Selected Sayings, page 15, number 11. The lotus flower is not stained by the mud. This dewdrop form alone, just as it is, manifests the real body of truth. EQ. Return to your seat or cushion. We will now have sutra chanting. A sutra is a sacred scripture from Buddhism. These originated long ago in India and in China. The text that we chant is actually Chinese, a translation from Sanskrit originals. Is it necessary to understand the meaning of what we're chanting? Of course, not at the outset. We don't know anything about it when we first begin. But I believe that we should aim to understand what the sutra is teaching us. We should have a basic awareness of its content. These are the teachings of our Shin Buddhist tradition, after all. For that reason, we provide in the Shin Buddhist service book some pages of explanation and some English translations. What we experience by chanting, I would say, has three aspects. The first aspect is meditative like sitting or standing or breathing, chanting forces us to focus our attention on the present moment, and it helps to calm our minds. Second, there is a ritual aspect. We are reenacting something that's taken place countless times over the centuries. We are connecting with the many followers of our Buddhist tradition who have chanted these same words, and we are gaining a sense of oneness with the other people who are chanting at this time, perhaps listening to this podcast. Third, there is a learning aspect. This is to gain a little bit of knowledge of what the meaning of the characters that we chant are. And we do that separately, I would say, from actual chanting. In the story of the larger sutra, the Bodhisattva declares his 48 vows, things which must be fulfilled if he is to attain perfect enlightenment. Immediately after declaring the vows, he speaks in verse. These are the verses we call Ju Sege. He says, I will unfailingly attain supreme enlightenment. I will save all the destitute and afflicted everywhere, and my name will be heard throughout the universe. Let's chant the Ju Sege. Gagon Cho Segan Oh, 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 oh,
Please put your hands together in Gasho. Bow. Namo Amidabutsu. Namo Amidabutsu. Namo Amidabutsu. Namandabutsu. 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 So today, uh, since it's Pitt Memorial, 
uh, service day, I thought maybe it'd be best if we have Freddie speak to all of us today. Okay, let's see what Freddie's been up to lately. Hi, everybody. Hi, Freddie. Did you know today is a pet memorial service? Did you ever have a pet before when you were younger? Yeah, in Wyoming, at the pond where we lived at, I had a pet fish. Oh, a pet fish. What was your pet's name? Fishy. I would call Fishy, Fishy, Fishy. And the fish would come and he would let me feed him flies. Oh, wow. But I moved here, so I think Fishy's still living in the pond in Wyoming. Must be a big fish by now. Yes, I bet he is. You know, I want to ask you something. I got a little problem today. Oh, you have a little problem? What's your problem? Well, at school, I got this big assignment to write about my roots. Oh, your roots. On the internet, I looked up tree roots, flower roots, grass roots, but I couldn't find frog roots. We don't have roots. We just have web feet. Oh, your roots. No, your roots. Your teacher is asking you to write about your ancestors. You're like your parents, your grandparents, your great-grandparents. Can you tell us a little bit about your ancestors? Well, uh, my parents' names were are Sam and Grace Fuji. Oh, your last name is Fuji? Yeah. Freddy Fuji. How interesting. My grandparents came from Japan. Their names were Sadao and Nobuko Fuji. Oh. And my great-great-great-grandfather, his name was Saburo Fuji. He lived by some famous mountain in Japan. Famous mountain? Not Mount Fuji. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Mount Fuji was named after your great-great-grandfather? Yeah, I guess so. Hmm. Then, my great-grandfather in Japan started a camera and film company. <laughs> Fuji Film? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Used to make a lot of camera film. Gee, you have a lot of famous people in your background, Freddie. But then my grandfather, he hated Japan because it was so crowded. You ride the subway trains, and it's like this. <laughs> it's so crowded, your face is in somebody else's face. I know what you mean, Freddie. The subways are so crowded. So he didn't like that, so he came to the United States 
and settled in Wyoming. Oh, so that's the background. So see, Freddie, your ancestors are your parents and your grandparents and your great-grandparents and your great-great-grandparents going back generations and generations. And without them, without them, you would not have your life today. Oh, well, without your parents being born, and then without your grandparents having your parents, you know, that's why all of us are here because of our, our ancestors. Oh, so it's important in Buddhism to understand how hard it was for us to be born, how rare, you know, we say, and we read in the Three Treasures, how rare and wondrous it is to be born. Some translations say how hard it is to be born. It's talking about the, the really almost like, it's like a, almost like a miracle that we were born at all because of all the causes and conditions for us to have been born from our parents and grandparents and great-grandparents and on and on in the past. Whoa, kind of like hitting the lottery. Kind of like hitting the lottery, that, those kind of odds. So we can appreciate our, our life today because of people in our past. So that's one important uh, teaching in Buddhism. Oh, so now you have an idea with which to write your project? I guess I'll just write about my grandparents and my great-great-great-grandfather and people like that. Yes, I bet that'll be a really nice project. So maybe you can show it to us someday when you finish it. Okay, I'll write about my roots. In the meantime, I think I'll, I'll, have, I'll have some roots. Like what? Mushroom roots, maybe? Okay, we'll see you then. Okay, Freddy? Okay, gotta go. Bye. So continuing on with Freddy, I have a few slides I'd like to show. So I'd like to share first this poem by a Japanese poet by the name of Mitsuo Aida. So it goes as follows. My father and mother, all together two. Parents of my father and mother, all together four. Parents of parents, all together eight. If I count in this way, back to ten generations, all together 1,024. So we know we have two parents, we have four grandparents, we have eight great-grandparents. If you go back uh, 10 generations, oh, uh, it's 1,024. Now the next verse, what about back to 20 generations? To my surprise, over 1 million people. From infinite past, a life rally baton has passed on. Here now, I live with my baton. This is your life. This is my life. The first time I read this poem, I couldn't believe it. I had to get out my calculator. You know, those of you that are in math, isn't that two? It's expo isn't it called exponential? Exponential. Two to the power of 20. Over one million people. Can you wait back? Uh, well, anyway, we'll get to this in a second. Over one million people. For one million people. So, if any one of those one million people are missing, then we would not have been born into this world. So that's why how hard it is to be born into human life. 
What a rare and wondrous thing. So this Mitsuo Aida, I love it where he gives us this image that life has been passed on to us like a baton in a relay race. And I want to share one quick story about when I was in high school. I went to a small rural high school, and the best thing about going to a small high school is if you try out for a sports team, you're automatically on the team. <laughs> Nobody gets cut. There's no tryouts at Vail High School. So I went out for the track team, and because it's a small school, we didn't have Frost, Soft, JV, Varsity. It's all one team. So four of us freshmen at the first track meet, coach said, I'm going to put you in the 880-yard relay race. So he gave us a baton. You guys figure out what order you're going to run in. So all of my teammates, they all wanted the first leg. I thought, gee, don't you want to take the anchor leg? That's the glamorous leg. You bring the baton across the finish line. But nobody wanted it, so I took the anchor leg. We got in our positions on the track. The gun went off. Almost immediately, I realized why the other teammates wanted to run the first leg. At least the first runner didn't look too bad. It kind of looked like we were still in the race. But then between the second runner and the third runner, they dropped the baton. By the time I got the baton for the fourth anchor leg, all the other teams had finished on the other side of the track. They were bringing their hurdles out for the next event. Wait, there's another runner. It was so embarrassing. But when I came across the finish line, our track coach said to us, it's okay, it's your first track meet, you got some valuable experience, uh, next time you'll do much better. So when you run a relay race like that, you carry that baton with responsibility. You represent your relay team, your high school, your whole community. So Mitsuo Aida is saying to us, life, life has been handed down to us like a baton in a relay race. This is a monarch butterfly, monarch butterflies. They have an amazing life and amazing migration. So I wish I could take credit for this, but I learned about this monarch butterfly yesterday from a Dharma talk at the Vista Temple. They had a wonderful Buddhist symposium. His name is Kenley Neufeld. He's a Dharma teacher in Thich Nhat Hanh's Plum Village tradition. So these monarch butterflies, they live in a cold area. And because uh, the wintertime is, I mean, when the wintertime is too cold for them, so they fly all the way down to like some parts of California or Mexico. And they do this migration every year, every year. So it takes three, and I checked this, it takes even up to four generations for these butterflies to complete the journey. So the bu butterfly that leaves is not the one to lead everyone back to the same place. It takes three, it takes four generations. Another generation is born, and somehow they know where to go. And not only do they go back to the same location, they even go back to the same tree of where their ancestors were born. Oh, it's just amazing. I think salmon do the same thing, right? They go back, they spawn at the same place from where they were born. So we have our physical ancestors, which the Mitsuo Aida poem was about, like our parents and grandparents. 
but we have our spiritual ancestors, who are the generations of Buddhists before us since the time of Shakyamuni Buddha. So like the monarch butterflies, our spiritual ancestors have given us the right direction, the right destination of our lives. So they have shown us the path to truth or enlightenment. So the monarch butterflies, somehow innately, they know where to go. They know their direction. Being a part of the Buddhist tradition, our spiritual ancestors, our spiritual ancestors have given us this direction of life. Our life is always headed towards truth, towards awakening, towards enlightenment. Uh, so today, uh, as we pay respects to our pets, uh, we also pay respects to our ancestors, and we pay respects to our spiritual ancestors for giving us the right focus, the right direction of our life. This concludes this podcast. I hope you feel grounded. I hope you feel different than when you began. And this feeling you have, I hope you take it with you out into your everyday life. It's important to develop these qualities in a controlled environment like this podcast. But the aim is for the effects to begin to bleed out into your everyday life naturally. My wife once sent me a meme on Facebook that said, yoga works, but only if you show up. And I feel that way about Buddhism and about meditation. It surely works, but only if you stick with it. And you have to get to the point where it becomes something natural and effortless in your life. And if you have high expectations and you're trying to rush the process, you actually retard your ability to change over time. You don't want to grasp it. You don't want to hang on to it. You just want to experience it in a regular practice and integrate it into your everyday life. So thank you very much for coming. I will close with Gasho. Hands together and we will bow. Finding meaning in mortality is something we're all searching for. And it can be found today by the same title on the Tricycle website. It's a series of video lectures given by our head minister, Reverend Marvin Harada. The first is called Touching the Timeless, about 14 minutes and 40 seconds long. Then The Coffin Man, about 11 minutes. The third video, The Nembutsu, is another 15 minutes. And Ichigo Ichie is about another 10 and a half minutes. So these are four free videos you can find and watch at your own pace at Tricycle under Finding Meaning in Mortality by Reverend Marvin Harada. Today's program was presented by Reverend Marvin Harada, Reverend John Turner, Reverend Ellen Crane, and Minister's Assistant James Pollard. Executive Producers, Reverend Marvin Harada and Jim Scott. Produced by the Buddhist Education Center of Orange County Buddhist Church, Anaheim, California, USA. Directed and engineered by Reverend John Turner. Edited by Jim Scott. This program includes excerpts from Time Stood Still by Riley Lee, used with permission. Copyright 2019, Orange County Buddhist Church, Anaheim, California, USA. All rights reserved. We hope you'll join us for future podcasts 
or please check out our Buddhist online program at everydaybuddhist.org. Our website is ocbuddhist.org. There are Dharma messages that you can read on the website, and the online program has a number of Buddhist education courses from introductory level to the study of Buddhist texts. If you've never attended one of our meditation services, we are located at 909 Southdale Avenue in Anaheim. Thank you for joining us today.